0: Police command has arrested the most wanted armed robber Ata Ayi this morning at his hideout in Teshi near Accra. The arrest of 32-year-old Ayi, barely two weeks after the arrest of his second-in-command in Pata at Teva brings to rest the struggle of the police to get foothold of armed robbery in the country. According to the Greater Accra Regional Police Commander ACP Kofi Pachi, his arrest brings an end to a whole generation of armed robbers. February 28, 2005. It has been almost 19 years since one of Ghana's most notorious armed robbers was captured by police after a six-year long search for him. His story does not make him a legend, but it is one that is of legend. There is so much more to the story of the man that we would come to know as Ata Ayi. My name is John Andrew Adro and dearly beloved, welcome to Mayhem. Our story on the man known as Ata Ayi begins in the early 1970s in the town of Adabraka. I would like you to imagine this, Adabraka, a bustling suburb of Accra, a neighborhood full of life, where stories echoed through its winding streets. It wasn't just a location on the map. It was a living, breathing entity that had its own rhythm and energy. In this time period, Adabraka was a place where you could feel the echoes of traditional values and very close-knit relationships. Everyone knew everyone. Doors were left open, there were barely any walls between houses, and everyone would invite conversations and unity. Amongst his environs lived a little boy of school-going age, his name Raymond Ayi aite. He would attend the Radiant Way Preparatory School in Odoko and was the last of eight children. However, upon reaching class four, things would start to take a bit of a turn as his mother would depart for the United Kingdom in search of greener pastures. This would lead him to stop schooling as he could not afford school fees. With the passage of time and with his growth into adulthood, he would begin to pick up the skill Attached to being a mechanic. This would lead him to becoming a taxi driver. The people that knew him back then would describe him as friendly, respectful, almost with every attribute of a regular taxi driver. But life was about to throw a curveball at him that he did not see coming. In 1998, upon his return from taking a passenger to Acropong for a funeral, Raymond would find himself in an accident that totaled his vehicle. He would escape this accident with his life but it would put him in a very precarious situation. He'd become jobless, he would be drowning in debt as he now owed his master a full car and his wife at the time was pregnant. He had seemingly reached the end of his rope but little did he know that this accident would change his life forever he would cross paths with a man who would offer him a way out a chance to put food on the table for his pregnant wife but the job description was not your typical nine-to-five. Imagine his surprise when he finds out that his new boss is into car burglary and the stolen car trade. It is not like Raymond jumped at this opportunity. He hesitated And he had reservations but life's pressures can make you do some crazy things eventually raymond would join this gang of car burglary enthusiasts as the driver and their target would be people who just stepped out of banks with pockets full of cash on one of his first operations they would rob a man of 12 million old Ghanian cities, an amount from which he would derive his first cut of 2.5 million Ghanian cities. At the time, it would do a lot for him and he'd be motivated to carry on. But what a heist without a little firepower. These guys didn't have guns until they stumbled upon one in a police vehicle, something out of a movie, almost. This gang would gain momentum as they would begin to rob buses, hijack cars, and rumor had it that Raymond, now the infamous Aye, had some sort of magical charm that protected him from bullets. Imagine being so good at driving that you could star in your own action movie. That was Atai. It is said that he could reverse a car at breakneck speeds while being chased by the cops. And as the level of his infamy grew, billboards would be scattered across the city of Accra in search of him. But as they say, all things must come to an end. In the course of a long manhunt for him, Atai could only play the game of hide and seek for so long, eventually nabbed in his sister's house, caught in the act of drying clothes. Very anticlimactic end. The accumulation of several court sentences would lead him to spend a hundred and sixty years in prison. And in what has seemed to be one of the biggest twists, Atai, the mastermind behind countless crimes now walks a different path as a Christian man in prison. Atahi's story almost resonates with one we've seen before in fiction. The story of Walter White, the protagonist of the Breaking Bad series. Walter White discovers he has cancer and only has a few years to live. And upon the realization that he has very limited time on this earth, With a baby on the way, with the help of a former student, he resorts to cooking crystal meth which would net him millions of dollars but he could not stop. He would even derive the name Heisenberg at one point and would be very infamous for producing very copious, high quality amounts of crystal meth. Eventually, he would come to an end as he would die almost very peacefully in a warehouse. Now that I think about it, could it be that the writers of Breaking Bad got some inspiration from the events of Atai? Just putting it out there. You may never know. Now, as we do with this podcast, we dig... We find things and something that jumped out to me very quickly was the general history of armed robbery in Ghana. I looked through crime rates. I looked through so many different articles and I found some very interesting things. You see, petty thievery on its own has been a negative staple that has been interwoven in societies from the dawn of civilization, from the dawn of the human race. But in Ghana, armed robbery would only begin to pick up somewhere around the 1980s. Ironically, this would be around the period of the Ghana-must-go incident that brought several Ghanaian nationals back to the country. Seeing that some people did not find the greener pastures they were hoping for before they were sent back here, with no other alternatives, they would turn to crime. And as a countermeasure, people would start to build their walls with the addition of broken glass bottles at the very top in order to protect themselves from potential thieves and armed robbers. But these thieves would find a way around this. They would use these heavy CMB sacks or cocoa sacks and use them as a form of padding. What they would do is they would fill the sacks with sand and drip them over the walls and then use that to scale over the wall. Some of them, depending on the amount of sacks they had, would use them as stairs almost in order to hop over the walls and into the houses of people they sought to rob. And then there would be the introduction of the barbed wire fences which would replace these broken glass bottles on top of walls. But once again thieves and armed robbers would come up with a countermeasure. This time they would use cement blocks and throw them with all the force they could muster at these barbed wire fences, effectively knocking them down or in some cases dividing and clearing a path through the fence for these arm robbers to find a way to hop over them. A lot of these barbed wire fences have also incorporated the use of electricity with a wire passing across the length of these fences. But the barbed wire fences would evolve into most of what we see now with the thin-lined electric fences on top of walls. Atai, for the time that I was growing up, had so many different stories attached to him especially after he was captured. There were stories of him wielding the talisman which would enable him not only to dodge bullets but would actually enable him to vanish right in front of policemen. One of the famous stories of him that I remember would be him running away from police before coming to a sudden stop and then stamping his feet three times on the ground before disappearing in plain sight in front of them. There were stories of how he would be sighted in a car and police would be tipped off, they would set up barriers and as the said tip-off car would get to the barrier, Atahayi would be nowhere to be found. There were even a few cheeky stories thrown out there that certain passengers would take a taxi and because of their inability to pay for the fare, they would declare themselves as Atahayi, which would cause the driver to flee the car in fear. However, To every Joker, there is a Batman, and in this context, he would be none other than retired COP Kofi Bache. That's why
1: we've been saying that armed robbery is a recidivist crime, and if the judiciary will help us to prosecute them early, then they will know that they are in jail and action from them could be taken.
0: At the time, he was ACP, Assistant Commissioner of Police. He headed up the Greater Accra Regional Police Command and there was a certain fire to him. You see, ACP Bache was so good at what he did in apprehending criminals that rumors surfaced that he actually held meetings with a lot of the top criminals in Accra at the time and would say something like, Okay, I've given you a pass this once. The next time will be your last. But whenever the issue of Atayi cropped up, he always had one thing to say. Mamobo, I will catch you. They can run and run and run, but they cannot hide. And it is safe to say he stuck to his word. It was said that ACP Boachi's command would get in these very heated gun battles with members of Atai's gang or his accomplices, as it would be put. And it would be in these gun battles that members of the gang would be either killed or captured. And then six months before Atai's arrest, they would actually arrest his then wife named Elizabeth Imoro and she would reveal certain things that were unknown. Elizabeth would reveal to police that she had met Atai in 2001 when she was working at a walk-in Chinese restaurant in Circle. He would always come visiting and they would establish a bond which would turn into love. She claimed that for a time she did not know about his criminal activities until he accompanied her to the funeral of her grandfather in the northern region. She would tell the police that after the funeral, she and Atayi would leave the funeral grounds only to hear that minutes later police had stormed the funeral scene. And it was in that moment where he would reveal everything about himself and also threaten to kill her if she ever disclosed his criminal ways to anybody. Practically and effectively swearing her to secrecy. She would mention him having two cell phones which he would always make calls and receive calls on which came across as a little suspicious to her but she never inquired. There are a few things I remember from the day of his capture. Believe it or not, my school which I attended at the time was within a 5km radius of where Atai was eventually caught, which was Nungwa Store. So, for a time, that place gained a certain level of infamy because it would seem as though people living around there did not know that Atai was a man on the run. Many people would actually describe him as being respectful but anti-social and a man who seemingly had a temper. He had only moved there from Ashaiman six days prior to his arrest. It is said that on the day of his capture, Atahi would get into a heated argument with one of the tenants of his sister's family home which is where he had come to stay. This would lead to him slapping this tenant who would then go and report him at the Nungwa Police Station which is not far from the Nungwa Store area at all. This person reported it as an assault case and based on the description of events and the demeanor of the person, the police officers felt compelled to follow this aggrieved tenant back to the family home. And many people have come to say that it seemed like such a trivial situation that did not require any police presence. And it is only until they get into the house and see a man hanging his clothes on the line that they realize that they are about to capture the most wanted criminal in Accra. Now depending on who you ask. You will hear two different versions of how he was captured. In one version, he is said to have begged for mercy, asking the police officers not to kill him and almost instantly admitting his crimes. The second version has gunshots. As people have said, they remember hearing gunshots emanating from the area. There is a possibility that there is actually an amalgamation of both stories where both things did happen. A few days after his capture, another story on Atai would surface, this time from an ex lover. This woman claimed to have dated Atai in the late 1990s and would claim that Atai had actually been first arrested in 1999 on suspicions of armed robbery. She would claim that upon her realization of who he truly was, she would end the relationship with him and would want nothing to do with him. But shortly after that, he would come to beg for her forgiveness and would ask to be re-engaged with her. He would say that he was suspected of armed robbery because he was contracted to cart items which he did not know were stolen. As that seemed to be a reasonable explanation, she would accept him as her lover once more, only to find out not too long after that he had outdoored a baby with another woman. You see, there are three things a Ghanaian woman can be certain of death, taxes, in the fear of a Ghanaian man. <laughs> but I digress. And ever since that time, she never wanted anything to do with him anymore. She would get married, have children, and would find him on a news bulletin six years later as the man that had been sought after for all of these years, to her shock and surprise. Even with everything, I had come to know about the man we all call Atai. I still found it very imperative to speak with someone, someone with much more experience in the field of journalism and someone who almost vividly remembers the events of that day. I spoke to the one and only Abu Isa Muni. My first question I'd love you to share your experience being a reporter and a concerned Ghanaian at the time.
1: Okay, so the first time we heard the name uh, Atai, (laughs) we were thinking probably was a joke. I mean, it was just a rumor Mm -hmm. flying all over the place that. There's a man who is uh, dodgy and it's difficult to find him, Mm. but he's a chief armed robber. Mm. Not just a thief, but an armed robber. Interesting. So uh, it was all rumors because um, I can't imagine any journalist at that time trying to meet him, to interview him and ask him that, what, are you a thief or Mm. not? What time do you go and steal people? What do you do? i mean he definitely he wouldn't answer mm-hmm. maybe if you have a a friend who also has another friend this is to the third degree that knows him mm-hmm. and maybe they live in the same community mm-hmm. you can get snippets of ideas about who he is and how he operates but yes here's the case uh, he appears not to operate during the day mm-hmm. except for the car snatching aspect of it which happens Daily or daytime, and they are not able to capture him. so mm-hmm. I think um, my personal experience with Atta's story was hazy from the beginning, because we um, were not able to get in contact with him as a journalist, to mm-hmm. get in contact with him and then ask him a few questions or try to know by just setting your physical eyes on him, to see his demeanor, mm-hmm. how he works, what he does, and so on so it's a bit difficult to recapture because Mm. even in his real days, we couldn't see him. Mm.
0: So it was almost like a myth, become real. Kind of.
1: Kind of. Even at at some point, we were told that his real name was not Atai Mm -hmm. and that he had a real name. But we didn't know him, who he was. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't like a celebrity or a superstar who has just appeared and everybody will want to just catch a little view of him. Mm-hmm. He, he, his operations are not what he does. We didn't physicalize. He mm-hmm. preferred not to be seen or noticed and then oh. carry out his operations. It is the aftermath that we get to hear. Mm-hmm. He atai has robbed this place. He this atai has done this. Who is Atai? Mm you know. So it was a kind of a, a myth to us. Okay. During our days, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So a huge part of his
0: mystique is some of the stories that surrounded him. What were some of the ones that you heard some of the rumors
1: about him? Um I think the first thing we heard was that he couldn't be killed. He has uh juju he has he has juju when you shoot him I mean, it all turns, the, the, the bullet turns into water. Mm. So it doesn't do any, it will probably splash on him. So, <laughs> and I mean, what would a, a splashing water do to? Uh, and the second thing is that we also heard that when he hits his body against the wall, he okay. vanishes. Okay. Yeah, so, okay. I mean, it, it's so mysterious. Right. And if you are the type that believe in magic, mm-hmm that you probably will buy in, or if you believe in Juju. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. When we were young, we had a lot of uh, things that were done by Juju. Of course. Uh-huh. Of and course. some of those things were what were being repeated. So it was difficult because you've heard it over and over mm-hmm. at least it catches up with you in a way, in a little way. There's some sense of believability right. in it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But you are unable to pin it down, because with with that kind of personality or person and his activities, yeah. you probably will want to see him being chased, being given a hot chase, and then he hits himself against a pillar, and that's it, he's gone. Mm. Uh-huh. And then that will confirm your belief that, yes, the man had some magical powers. Interesting. Yes. Right.
0: right. So fast forward the day of his capture, mm. do you remember where you were when you first heard the news of his arrest?
1: If I, if I remember the year 2005 2005, yeah. then I was the news editor for uh, Peace FM and uh, UTV, okay I was in the newsroom, mm. so I was in the thick of events <laughs> mm. at that time Yes, mm. absolutely. And because we had had and heard over and over, mm-hmm. then probably we would, as a news editor, we don't put so much belief in what we hear, except okay. when we can establish the facts. Right. Uh-huh. So, I I imagine around that time, we would be waiting to hear a police announcement or a press release saying Ataye had been captured. Because even bef- before that announcement, mm-hmm. there were several announcements that watai has been arrested, he's been caught, but the police never gave a word, they never said anything. We told us that all those things were just fabrications and therefore um, his arrest, his actual arrest mm-hmm. was really a, a shocker to us and the mm-hmm. police I think most of us were not convinced that that is a real a attack. Real because we didn't know him from anywhere. Mm. It is the police that is claiming they know him and they have arrested him. So okay. now they had to prove beyond reasonable doubt to mm-hmm. all of us that this is the attack. Mm-hmm. Because I even heard he had doubles and versions, mm-hmm. people who looked like him. Oh. And they could do so many things. Wow. Uh huh. We even heard all those rumors. So really... Even his capture, Mm -hmm. um, some of us still don't believe that he is a real Atai, unless he comes out, yeah, unless he comes out to say, look, this is me, Uh I committed this crime, this robbery, I took six million, Uh I got uh, 300 million from this and Uh that and that and that, it is me, this is what I use the money for, and there will be evidence that yes, these properties belong to, the man caught, he committed this robbery. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the name that was being associated with that crime at that time mm-hmm. was really him. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So far, I'm not sure he has admitted to any of those crimes.
0: Yeah. For, for, for the most part, uh, there are some he says he did not commit. But he has
1: been open in talking about some of the others that
0: he yes. has been behind.
1: So for me, the the, the the major ones that really defined his status mm. as a chief criminal, mm-hmm. we will still need uh, the, the facts. He should come and convince us. Right. Even if he sells the story to a movie writer, I'm sure it's going to be a, a box office, mm-hmm. big hit. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We're waiting for that kind of thing, for him to be able to tell the story as it happened.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: So, so about the doubles, it, it it almost harkens back to me a case, one of his numerous court cases mm. after his capture in 2010, yes. where one of his former accomplices on the stand says, "The man you know as Atai has been dead for a long time," only for another accomplice to later come up and say, "No, the real Atai is the one."
1: in the box. So, so you see, mm. that kind of mystery mm-hmm. still surrounds the man Atai today. <laughs> Unless, for me, we have to be convinced beyond reasonable doubts mm-hmm. that indeed, he did A, B, C, D, and he is Atahi. People from his community where he used to live in Adabraka will come and say, yes, this is his real name, oh. but he is also known as Atai, mm-hmm. and he is the... The man. Yes, the mysterious man we've we'll been looking for. <laughs> uh-huh. If those things don't happen, mm-hmm. there will still be mystery surrounding the and yeah. The facts cannot be established. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay.
0: Mr. Mooney's account of events definitely does establish how much disbelief there was surrounding the figure of Atai himself. Some very interesting revelations would also be made. Apparently there was some efficacy to the claims of his talisman giving him certain abilities but it was not what everyone thought it was. Atai would confess that his talismans were intended to give him the ability to hide from police. It was said at the time that his Juju man, named Ayane Boyeka, would actually pass away not too long before Atai's capture. But before his death, he would actually warn Atai that his cup was about to run full. And full did it run. The accumulation of several court cases, some in which he would rob amounts from preachers worth almost 6,000 New Ghana CDs to even one heist where allegedly $62,000 was stolen by he and his crew would eventually land him with a prison sentence accumulating up to 160 years. He also in recent years has come to reveal a lack of affinity for firearms citing that He was just the driver. A lot of the crimes that he is said to have committed, he has no knowledge of. He would mention the fact that in the early days of his operation, whenever they would encounter a firearm, they would dispose it near radio stations and places where they seemingly would not be traced. He would also reveal that he never thought he would get caught as the man who was placed on the billboards as a tie who was being sought after, was not him. That alone must have made him feel invincible. Today, he spends the rest of his sentence in Ankerfo Maximum Security Prison, where he is seemingly a changed man, a God-fearing man who believes the Bible is more than a myth, but something to be revered. A guide to a life behind bars. Yi's story is one that will live on for generations. For after all, the evil that men do lives after them. And on this note, we end this chapter on the man known as Atai. I do not do any of this alone. I have a producer, Deborah Jeffa McAfee, who is very instrumental in piecing these stories together and researching and looking for clues in places one would never look. And to her, I say, thank you. I also want to thank you, dearly beloved, for coming with me on this ride. Before you leave until our next meeting, stay safe, keep your doors locked and never stop searching into the truths of this world. The Reaper is always watching. My name is John Andrew Addo. I serve as host and this is mayhem.